Hey babes, Ashley here. I have a kind heart, a potty mouth. It's probably the rap music. And damn it, I miss my friends. But if I can't snuggle them in person, thanks COVID. I thought, why not build community here? So grab a drink, climb in bed, and let's hang out. Wait, is that weird? I'm on a mission to live my life unapologetically, which tends to look a little different every day. But one thing remains the same. It's a guilt-free zone. No shame here, sister. Each episode, we'll tackle real-life shenanigans, and you'll leave laughing, crying, or feeling as lit up as your crazy aunt at Christmas. Ready or not, girl talk. Hey, hey, welcome back to Guilt-Free Girl Talk. I'm your host, Ashley, and I am excited to get started today. If you're new here, you should go check out episode three before diving into this episode because this month we are doing a look back recap of my infertility journey, Um, and today is part two. So we left off in Enid, Oklahoma, We'd been trying for a year. I did six months of Clomid after that, and I was depressed, and we were going to take a break um, from my mental health, and because of the situation we were in in Chase Training and the location we lived and needing different doctors, etc. So we're going to jump back in now. In June 2014, a little over a year after taking a break, I use quotations because when you're trying to conceive, you literally are never not trying. After nearly three years of tracking our cycle, I knew when I was ovulating. I knew when we should be trying, and we always did. I always took a pregnancy test, and every single month, a piece of my hope chipped away. We were settled in Nebraska, and it was time to take the next step in our journey. I wanted to see a fertility specialist. This was a process. When we were finally given a referral, we found out that we had to go to Des Moines, Iowa, which was two hours away, for a specialist because that is the only option that accepted our insurance. As you can imagine, this is infuriating. We lived in the huge city of Omaha, and we had to drive four hours round trip to see a specialist because of insurance. Oh well. At this point, we were excited to just schedule the appointment and find out our options for the next step. It took two months to get in an appointment. The end of August 2014, we had our first consultation with the fertility clinic in Iowa. That day was a roller coaster. We drove four hours for a 15-minute meeting with the doctor. We learned that our insurance would not cover any of the fertility procedures anyways, which was a blow to us because they're expensive. Basically, the only thing the four-hour drive saved us was a consultation fee of $100. He went over our history, blood work, check. HMG, check. Semen analysis, check. And told us, yep, sounds like unexplained infertility. And then our next step slash first step with him would be IUI. Basically, they would put me on a hormone stimulant like Clomid, boost my eggs, then when I ovulated, they took a sample from Shea, spun it, cleaned it, and injected it directly into my cervix. This would all be timed by using at-home ovulation kits. As you can imagine, the sheer mention of Clomid had me backing away. I was instantly terrified and determined not to use it again. I let the doctor know, and he agreed that we should try a different type of hormone. He put me on Famara, and I'm happy to report that although it did alter my emotions, it was much more manageable than the Clomid. Mid-September, we did the first IUI procedure. It was so exciting. I wish I would have been writing this then so that I could have expressed our emotions in the process more clearly. We were so hopeful. The doctors and nurses were all so sure that this would be what worked for us. September came to an end and brought with it a negative pregnancy test. I was disappointed. Well, a little more than disappointed. But I was hopeful that we still had two more chances of IUI. It was only a 25% success chance, so we knew it could take more than one try. October came and went. Again, a negative pregnancy test. 
Fear, like I cannot explain, began to grow around my heart. We knew that after IUI, IVF would be the next step. We also knew that IVF was twelve to $18,000, and that seemed out of reach. November came, and we did our third cycle of IUI. It didn't work. It brings tears to my eyes to remember this pain. It comes rushing back in and makes me weak and sick. I laid in front of our fireplace and cried for four hours when I took that pregnancy test. I remember looking at Shay and seeing the fear in his eyes. He was worried he was losing me again. This time was different, though. It wasn't the medicine that was sucking me in. It was the absolute terror that my lifelong dream of becoming a mother was out of reach. This was not a good time for Shay and I. It was hard and painful. I was so lost in my pain that I didn't know how to be a wife. I didn't know how to be happy. He would tell me, you just have to find something that makes you happy. And I would get even more angry because he just didn't understand that that was impossible for me. Until this point in our fertility journey, we had been guarded. Our family knew that we were trying and struggling, but that's all they knew. We had a handful of friends who were my support and knew the basics about the procedures we were doing, but we weren't talking about it. We were supposed to be hosting Thanksgiving in a short week, and I was a broken person. I cried for quote-unquote no reason. I struggled to get through most days. I didn't feel like I could fake it. I knew that they were going to see right through me, or at least ask me what was wrong until I lost my temper. So we wrote an email. We sent our family an email and said, We did three procedures. They didn't work. Our next step will likely be IVF down the road. Or maybe we won't have children. We don't want to talk about it. It was hard for us. It was hard to tell the people who loved and supported us that we were broken and then to welcome them into our mess. They were wonderful and sent love and no questions. They came and we celebrated the holidays and I laughed a little more than I thought I would be able to. Then, two days after they left, Shay deployed for the first time. I remember the doctor saying to me at the appointment, you're handling infertility and your spouse is deploying. You need to talk to someone. I laughed and agreed and I should have listened. I did need to talk to somebody. I needed to get it all out, and I didn't know how. I'll write another post about people trying to help. It's a doozy of a catch-22. But at that time, I truly believed that nobody knew how to help. Friends, family, and Shay told me how strong I was, and I called them all liars. I flew to New Mexico to spend some time with my friend, Jill, and wrote this on the plane. It's telling about the place I was in. You're so strong. I hear it all the time. I smile and shake my head, not telling you you're wrong. I'm glad I have you fooled. I'm glad that you can't see. I'm a million little pieces, fraying at the seams. My day is filled with fakeness. My nights are filled with fear. I'm glad you think I'm strong. I fake a smile through the tears. Strength is not surviving, and surviving is all I do. To live, you have to feel, and I've been numb for years. My life borders on empty, especially when you're gone. I wish you could understand. I'm the opposite of strong. Life should be full of laughter. Life should be full of cheer. My life is full of silence. It echoes in my ears. I want the house to vibrate. I want happiness in the walls. I want babies keeping me awake. I want a family, and that's all. I remain babyless, and you remain gone. Our house is still quiet. I'm in no way strong. At this point, our plan was to save as much as we possibly could until we could afford IVF. We sat down and crunched numbers and determined that July 2017 would be when we could manage. Two and a half years. It was a heartbreaking decision, but we still held shreds of hope that maybe we would be the miracle couple who after four years had our miracle pregnancy. Gosh, it is hard to read back over all of this. It's hard to bring up all of those feelings and emotions again it's hard to know what's still to come um we lived through a lot and it was really challenging I want to touch on a couple things so 
first of all, um, insurance <laughs> is infuriating and I, it still makes me so mad that it isn't covered. I will say that since we did this, a lot more insurance covers a lot more. Um, unfortunately, we have TRICARE because my husband is active duty military and they still do not cover any fertility procedures. So they did end up covering a couple medications, um, not anything substantial. Anyway, so that's super frustrating, but that is is our situation. And in part three, you'll kind of hear how we got to do IVF a little bit sooner than we anticipated. Um, But the other thing that I really, really want to touch on and I think is incredibly important is I had the best piece of advice before I started um, any procedures. So when we were in our very first year of like pulling the goalie and just trying on our own before we started seeing the doctor, I knew a person who was also struggling with infertility and she told me that the best advice she could give me was decide with your partner before starting any medicine or procedure how many times or how much money you are willing to put into that specific medicine or procedure. So Going into Clomid, we knew that we were only willing to do it for six months. And honestly, looking back, I should have stopped at three. And doing more research, I wish that I would have stopped at three, but you live and you learn. Um, And then when we went into IUI, we talked to the doctor and looked at like the statistics and decided only three was what we were willing to do. And the reason that I say this is because once you get in the mindset of wanting to have a baby and once you are sucked into battling infertility and especially once you start medicines that alter your hormones you probably aren't thinking clearly um you're thinking out of like heart's desire and there are moments that you're willing to do literally anything and I'm speaking from experience to have a baby and that can really cripple people's lives that I've seen it like bankrupt people I've seen it cause divorce I've seen people's mental health take huge tolls um it's hard to take a step back when you're in the depths of any struggle but I can speak to fertility so it was really important to us before we went into any procedure to know what we were willing and how far we were willing to go in each step as a team before there is any kind of attachment to it um and that was the best advice I've ever had and I like want to tell every single person that I think it's a really great like idea to take into any asset or aspect of life but especially infertility if it's something that you're struggling with I think setting clear goals and setting boundaries is really important and you'll see in episode three that there are going to become like situations that maybe alter your plan but I think just going into it on the same page and with the same like goal is incredibly important and I'm so grateful like walking away from infertility that is the one thing that I think we did really well at and I'm very grateful for that piece of advice and wanted to share it also last week I said that I strongly advise you finding some level of community or support if you're going through this journey and I didn't mention Instagram changed my life when it came to infertility and I say this because 
you know, now, now this has been, this is 2013 and now it's 2021. So holy cow, that was like eight years ago. Oh my gosh. So back then Instagram wasn't such a big deal. Um, wow. Eight years ago, I am getting old y'all. Holy smokes. Um, so eight years ago, (laughs) good Lord. I, uh, barely knew what Instagram was. Um, but there was such a community when I stumbled across a hashtag or something and like found myself finding these other women who are going through similar processes across the country and across the world. It was really empowering to find a community of people who understood because it's nearly impossible to understand if you aren't walking through it. Um, I'm sure everybody with any kind of diagnosis feels that way. Like if you have a chronic illness, if you're walking through cancer, if you're like whatever you're dealing with, it's really hard to relate if you're not talking to somebody who understands like the nitty gritty details. And it was so empowering for me to find other women who had the same side effects and who understood and who didn't think it was crazy and who wouldn't offer ridiculous advice like just don't think about it um so I really encourage if you're new to just even if you just creep on people which is what I did for a long time um you don't have to like become the next infertility IG account I'm just saying go creep and and go learn. I learned so much. There are women on the internet who have their BFP, big fat positive, and start giving away the medicine that they have left over. Like it is a really powerful community. And I think if you are in that journey and struggling, that it's a really great place to just find some me too, because that's so important. So that's all I have for you today. I am going to record and drop part three next week. So come back and listen and please feel free to ask any questions. If you want to find me over on IG at inspired by Ashley and shoot me a DM, if you have questions about this, um, I would love to answer them from my perspective I'd love that to clear things up or give hope or if you just need somebody to talk to because you're struggling with this please 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 feel free to reach out I would love to connect with you bye thank you I know you could choose anyone to listen to and I appreciate that you chose me if this podcast made you laugh hit you in the feels or inspired you to live your best life please do me a favor and share it Take a quick screenshot, share it on social, and tag me. I'd love to give you a heartfelt thank you and start building a bestie community in real life. Cannot wait for more Girl Talk. Chat soon.